Jeez. Um, well, hey, should we get into this or? Okay. Well, I'm going to push record. Um, and I, 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 I have this uh, feeling I don't. We don't need any real pomp and ceremony to to kicking off these episodes. Uh, but today we have Ed back. Ed, it's been a while since you've been on the podcast. Two years uh, solo. Well, you and you and I together. Never is it you and I or you and me? Uh, you and I. You and I yeah. have been. We were on this. Uh, you and me. Couple years. Well, it's like, where'd you get your education? No, but there is times when you think it's when it is me. When you think it, it might be I, and it actually is me. Well, maybe the school that you went to in some barn in Pickering, but like other than. I think it's something to do with if you if you were by yourself. Um, I don't know. There's a trick to it. I learned and I forgot what it was, but it is not always like you and you and I. It is sometimes it is a me. It's me when you think it's I when it's not. So uh, the the English majors. I think we're both English majors, we are. aren't we? Yeah, oh, we both have the sad? same degree. English. We and don't theater. know. We this seems like fairly basic English majory type stuff to know. I've never paid any attention to grammar. Okay. Well, anyway, you're back. You, you, um, you're back. And I got to thank you for kind of answering in my hour of need. Cause I just had this feeling this morning, like I really want to record a, an episode today. So thank you for that. Oh, okay. Um, and we, we sort of bounced around a few topics that we, we wanted to go, th- go over. And, um, but, and we talked, well, before we pushed record, we were talking about the Thanksgiving thing, but you probably think that would be too boring to share with the audience. Uh, the fact that I think most people are giving up on the turkey. Yeah, we had chicken yesterday. Too much. Yeah, yeah. And now, so did you? Oh, so you went to Mark's for uh, Mark's, yeah. and we just had a turkey breast. Okay. So and uh, mm. it was still, you know, it was still a plate of food. Now you say people have given up on it. Is a lot of people basically are doing alternates to turkey because a lot of people are don't don't d- digest turkey very well. It's well known that turkey is hard on the stomach. And, you know, that's why people tend to sort of pass out on the couch after a big meal, you know, like it's because they're not all the alcohol they drink. Well, that could be, but it's their digestive juices um, operating overtime. Oh, speaking of which, have you ever been a a Guinness fan? No. And that came up. Was that with you? Being a Guinness fan? It's like like drinking molasses, for Christ's sake. I don't think you've drank it. Yes, I have. Because it's not like like drinking molasses. It's it's black. It's It's dark, but... Anyway, I wanted to tell you because um, there's a zero. A Guinness zero just came out. Yeah, there's a lot of zeros coming out, actually. The one that I had just recently was the, was that with you? Oh, the, the Peroni. Um, the Peroni. Well, that's the best one I've ever tasted. Yeah, it's yeah. it's on the mass-produced, like, you know, the big names. That's my favorite yeah. as well. Yeah, I agree. That's one. That I was actually at the um, walking home from, from an appointment, and I walked through the um, – film festival and everything was kind of like shut down. But if you were just a pedestrian, you could kind of walk through it. And there were these people just handing them out in the streets. So <laughs> I cracked mine open just as I'm walking down Richmond street. And I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, someone's going to drive by and see me walking down the street, swelling a can of beer, but it was good. Yeah, I agree. Um, but Guinness zero, I had it for the first time yesterday. My, my dad and my brother-in-law actually, actually picked some up for me because it's hard to find. It's not in a lot of the LCBOs. So anyway, I tried it, and I have to say, it is as close, I think, as you can get to the real thing. Well, that's not actually a selling point for me, but, you know, because I don't like the beer to begin with. But I, as long as they've got the Corona and the Peroni, I'm happy. Okay. Well, yeah, Corona's my second favorite. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Guinness is up there, but it's a, you know, Guinness is a different type of beer. But wait, you said that's not a selling point to you that it tastes. I don't like the I don't like the original Guinness. It's too oh, heavy okay. Of a beer but for, for regular beer, I mean, if it tasted like a real um, Peroni, then that's a good thing, right? Absolutely. Yeah. There are some that are very successful. Like the Heineken is terrible. I'm not a big fan. And unfortunately it's the one that's in all of the restaurants typically. Yeah. Um, uh, the other one that I'm just trying to think of right now, there's Beck's Beck's eh, not very good. There's one that's pretty good and it's just gone right out of my head. It's not the partake one, is it? No, those are gross. I don't know what they're thinking with that. They're like soda with a bit of a beer taste to them. Although I will say in a pinch, they're not like, I will drink those, but I think the one that I can't really drink or don't enjoy that much is the Beck's non-alcohol. Yeah, Beck's um, and the uh, Heineken are, are, are poor. Budweiser is another one that's not bad. I also find drinking but, it out of the bottle versus pouring it into a glass or a can can also give it more of an authentic Oh, yeah, because it airs it out totally. You know that in my local, like I have a, a fairly sizable metro. And um, at one point, I had said something to the store manager. I said, you know, your selection of of non-alcoholic beers is, is so poor. And I, then I actually learned something that I did not know. He goes, well, we don't actually Metro, the Metro, the actual store or any store, any grocery store actually don't allocate the product where it's going to be in the store and how much, a, how much of it is. You mean like all of the pl- shelves where it's placed in the store placed and amount. Okay. And he says all of the stores, um, their shelf space is sold. It's like rented to different manufacturers. So for example, um, Coke will always have a large display. You'll notice that it'll be multiple of one product. And then there'll be, and he goes, I just simply don't have the space to offer to, um, independents, like something like that. He goes, because the large brands basically buy up all the space, which I didn't know. No, I didn't either. And I don't think a lot of people know that either, that that's the way the grocery business runs. And, uh, it probably a lot of other retail as well. Hey, we didn't really say it at the beginning, but in case somebody is listening and they've heard Paul on a, quite a few episodes, they've heard Salim and Justin and Teresa, um, you were on a while back, but maybe we should just give like a little quick, like, how do we know each other? Okay. Can, do you want me to do it? Or I do think you, you should it? do it. Yeah. Well, Clark and I met, so 1995. So how many years ago is that? Almost 30. Yeah, thir- almost 30 years ago, uh, doing extra work for the Canadian Opera Company. Um, and the production that we were uh, both working on was uh, Wagner's The Flying Dutchman. Mm-hmm. And we became friends. It was a large cast, like singer-wise, but then there were a lot of extras. Uh, but we became friends very, very fast. Yeah. And um, you were just completing your degree at that time. And uh, we both had an interest in theater and uh, uh, just um, continued to do extra work together for the opera company. Then we started acting together, like in legitimate, like actually speaking and singing yeah. initially in musical theater. Yeah, because the work we did with the opera was not singing. It was just well, you just stand there wearing, extras, you stand yeah. there wearing a costume. Um, and uh, then we did some musical theater. Then we both joined a repertory theater company at that one point, And we stayed, I stayed 11 years. And I think you stayed until you had your first kid. And then you weren't able to do it anymore because, yeah. you know, like. Um, it became hard to be at, at practices all day on Sunday and usually one, maybe two nights a week. Yeah, it was a lot. And unfortunately, we haven't done a production together, a theater production in a long time. And uh, it would be nice to do one again. We should. I, I think well, I'm pretty close to, now that my kids are older, they're 
14 and 12 as opposed to toddlers, it's probably a little more possible for me to be involved in a theater production. However, yeah. I do have a few other interests that are going, like my PA work for the Panthers. And so, um, anyway, you finish up. So, that's how we met, right? That's how we met. Yeah. yeah. And, um, God, yeah, it'll be 30 years, I guess, in 2025. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. So, all right. Well, look, um, we did have a few things we wanted to talk about. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you about that I came across recently was silent retreats. And these these things are, they vary. They can be five, seven, ten days. I guess they could be even longer. Uh, they're retreats where you you go away and sometimes it's to an exotic location in the middle of, you know, the Amazon or or Thailand or somewhere. And you, you take a vow of silence quite often. And you just, sometimes, there, well, I guess there's always other people there, but you're not supposed to talk to them. So you coexist among, I don't know, 10, 12 other people for a period of time. And one of the things you can't do is talk and you can't, you can't communicate. Um, obviously, the rest of the world is shut off. And I just wondered, could you handle a, a retreat like that, a silent retreat? And would it, is there anything, well, let me just ask you, could you handle something like that? It would depend on the length. Let's say and, five days. Okay, that's, that's a lot of time, long time to not speak. Um, it might be, who knows, because um, unless you've actually done one, you don't know how it feels mm-hmm. first. Um, I, it would it would be for me where it would be if it was a really beautiful location like you know some gorgeous place in um, you know California like uh, um, California has a lot of these retreats yeah. um, Thailand the one yeah I think maybe India, that would help probably, like, yeah, yeah but, you know as long as there was something to look at and everything I also think it would be difficult depending on who the people were I mean if they were just like regular people that might actually be interesting to talk to. It might be a little bit harder. Um, but, you know, if it was populated with like a bunch of, you know, swaggering boars, it'd probably be really easy, right? Because you think, thank God that they can't open their mouths, right. right? So, yeah, I don't know if it was being, I don't know if it would be my thing. I know people who have done them. Uh, one person in, 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 um, in particular comes to mind because she made a bunch of comments on her Facebook that she was doing this. Uh, retreat mm. and silent retreat. Um, yeah, I don't think it would be my thing. I'm a social person. I like to talk and I like to hear what people have to say. But then at the other hand, it might be nice just to, because, you know, you're also silent with yourself. Yes. Um, yeah. I live alone. Okay. I got a cat. So um, it's not like I'm silent when I'm home because I'm not. Like, I mean, I talk to my cat. I talk to myself. <laughs> You know, and I mean, and that's not, I'm not ashamed to say that. Like, I mean, you know, I live alone. So if I've got something that's happening, at, like I'm cooking or something, I'm like, you know, I do actually will say things, you know. Like and smell that kitty cat? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I definitely talk to my cat. And and who else would, would you talk to? Well, if I was alone. Yeah. The wall. Who else? Okay, so you just sort of like, say stuff out loud, but you're not thinking about a specific person. No. Okay. No. Okay. Although, you know, that um, I know people do talk to people that are not there. Like, you know, for example, people talk to people that have died to ask them for guidance and mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. I know people talk to gravestones. Um, you know, I've certainly done it. Yeah. I've gone and talked to my parents' gravestone. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, just because it, I don't know. It's an interesting thing. I mean, I guess it's just because it's just not part of my life being quiet very much. Yeah, you you are. Uh, which, I mean, extroverted is that the right way to describe you? 
chatty Kathy doll. <laughs> That's really, I think that that, I'm sure you're going to get complaints about that because that whole concept and that doll have really fallen out of, like they're not, it's fallen out of favor. Like I don't even think you can get the chatty Kathy doll anymore. Really? Because of the things that she would say. Like what? Like, oh, you know, I don't need to go to school because I'm pretty. I know that's a parody because the Simpsons did a famous parody of the chatty Kathy doll. Okay. Um, but uh, I do, I, I, I still think that it's not, not a product that's really out there anymore. I, I know the chatty Kathy doll just because it's referenced in my, one of my favorite movies, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Oh yeah. Which I've never seen by the way. Really? Uh, yeah. Walk. As you used to say, walk, don't run to your nearest. No, it's running. It's no. Why would you walk? It's run. Don't walk. <laughs> True, yeah. Run, don't walk to your nearest, today we call it streaming service, you used to call it video store, and pick up a copy of Planes, Trains, Automobiles, because it's a great movie. Yeah, what's his face is in it? Um, John Candy and John Candy, yeah. Yeah, it's just never, it's never, um, never happened. You got to see it. And I mean, I introduced you to A Christmas Story as well. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. I mean, I don't go completely off the rails like you and Morofsky, like, or is it you and Smith? One of of the two I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I I enjoyed it. Now you know they made the sequel, right? Yeah, it was a summer one though, wasn't it? Or no, they I just came out with a second one recently. Or was it a remake? Yeah, no, it was it was the, with the guy, no, and he's now a, the dad. It's a sequel. Yeah, he's the dad. I didn't see it, so I haven't seen it. I partially don't want to ruin it. I'm a big. Yeah, I'm one of those people who has trouble. If I have a really distinct memory of something, like from my childhood, I I really hesitate to mess it up by watching some remake of it or or prequel or whatever because in almost every single case it's disappointed me it's always disappointing the only time that i've seen a remake like that i thought oh well that's interesting i'm just going to evaluate it as a film on its own and not say that it's better or Mm -hmm. worse than the original was the remake of west side story i thought i really really had no interest in seeing it mark rented it we watched it and I thought as a movie on its own, it completely stood up. Hmm. Like, you know. See, um, I would put that in that. I mean, there's an example of a movie from what? The 50s? 60s? Where it's very distinct in its style. Natalie Wood, yeah. I think, in it, right? Mm-hmm. Is it Natalie Wood? Yeah. yeah. Yep. So a lot of like a lot of tradition in there. The style, the time of the, the, that the thing was produced, that made it kind of the, choreo- the way it the was. choreography. Yeah. And then, of course, the political climate even with... And and was the at the time was it set in current day? I believe so. I think well the, the original musical, uh, which was changed, I believe slightly for the movie, was set in New York. It was the fifties, I think, when the musical came out, and you know there was like the racial tension, which is of course the uh, um, uh, you know sort of the crux of the whole movie. Right. And then it's kind of a it's a well it is not kind of it's a Romeo and Juliet story, obviously, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, but that movie is about as perfect of a movie that you can imagine coming out of Hollywood. And there were a lot of people who will disagree, probably Natalie Wood at the top of the list, and she's not here to defend herself because apparently she was pissed off because, you know, she was told that she would be able to do her own singing. And it was very, very common back then that singers were dubbed. That would not happen now. No. You know, that, that, um, and I think that was something that, bugged her about that film for she was dubbed right she was yeah. dubbed and and the um tony was dubbed mm, as well yeah one thing i'd struggle with with movie music and what's her face uh rita moreno was dubbed as well huh so like but that was not uncommon like audrey hepburn was dubbed in um 
you know, my fair lady. Um, it just was, it was just the, um, it was just not expected that actors would have to do both. So Rita Moreno is in the new movie. She is. They wrote a role for Interesting. Cause uh, she's not in the, it's the role it was like made up for the second film. Cause uh, if it replaces the uh, drug, the drugstore guy, I, I always struggle with movie musicals because I don't like the way they're, the sound is. And then you said sometimes they dub the people, but as well, I don't like looking at the TV and hearing a consistent sound. I want to hear it like you can, like the way, like with a movie musical, it feels like I'm listening to a soundtrack. Well, you are versus <laughs> hearing the people on the screen singing because they would the, the soundtrack would have been laid out either sometimes before or See, after. I don't like that. They would not be jumping around basically in downtown Manhattan doing Jerome well, Robinson's choreography and singing. <laughs> like, I want you know, them to that be because that's more realistic. Well, yeah, and I think that's I think that's an interesting point because certainly when it's on the stage, that's what would have happened. Yeah, but. To take that, those 50s and 60s musicals, thank God Mark's not here because he'd be he'd have something to say. Back then, they didn't have just, they had dancing chorus and singing chorus. And if you were a dancer, you didn't sing. And if you were a singer, you didn't dance. Right. And that doesn't exist anymore. That's purely a matter of, you know, economics and in terms of having a chorus, you got to pay all those people, right? So I, I, I didn't think we were going to talk about West Side Story. This What started this? Why did we get into that? Oh, know. remakes. Yeah, I mean, I, remakes. Remakes. And my feeling of not wanting to ruin. And I actually talked about this on a podcast episode three episodes ago with my friend Brian. Um, yeah. We talked about what's the movie you want to see remade and what's the one that you fear will be remade and not be very good. Well, I can tell you which my, my, my worry is, and I've heard over the years that, that there have been, it's been in development and then it goes away and then it comes back is Wizard of Oz. Hmm. Like, I mean, I just think that that would just be asinine. I mean, it was good that they did like sequels, which were, which were interesting and prequels like Wicked is a prequel, right? I think done uh, right. I think they could do, oh, I think it could be pulled off. Absolutely not. Why not? That is so iconic. That's like just saying, why don't you repaint the Mona Lisa? You know, forget See, it. No. I would put... Leave it alone. I would put it's Gone not, with the Wind more in that category than Wizard of the I, I'd heard that was another one that they were considering too, or was under development as well. But yeah, those, those, those classic, you know, Hollywood heyday films, just leave them alone. Is, Come on. Isn't it weird? Come up with your own ideas. Isn't it kind of creepy? We talked about this, I think yesterday, we, we were talking about how you look at people in pictures and you ask like i wonder if they're still alive like even sometimes like a background person in a photo that isn't even with your party that you just wonder huh i wonder if those people are still alive i do that with movies like the wizard of oz which by now i guess um there wouldn't be any survivors of that would there i think the last one just died because that movie could, what's so bizarre is that that's 1939 39 that's yeah, a the last munchkin ago. last munchkin the last known actor i think just died Marin. Uh, recently. Uh, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Jerry Marin. That's right. In 2018, right. he was 98. And who did he play the mayor? He played uh, the original. Oh. Um, who was he? He was uh, a member, a Munchkin member, but he might not have had it a specific, like. I thought he did. He, he's the last surviving cast member with a specifically identified speaking or singing role. Yeah, I love, I do myself. I love that kind of stuff. Like, do you know 
um, It's a Wonderful Life, which is around the same era. It's a little later. Yeah. Uh, there is one surviving cast member, and she, uh, she's uh, she goes around and does um, conventions and stuff like that, and promotes the film to like the new generation. Mm-hmm. And she's the, one of the daughters, but that's she's the last one. Uh, but yeah, no, I do think about that death thing a lot when it comes to entertainment industry. Uh, for example, like uh, my beloved Carol Burnett show, only the women. The two women are alive. Carol Burnett. The men are yeah. Well, she's alive in Vicky Lawrence, and and the men are all dead. How old's Carol Burnett? She just had her ninetieth birthday. It was an international event. Do you not watch TV? I well, I don't have cable. Oh, okay. Do you? Yeah. No, she's yeah, no. But how did you watch it? On streaming. Just looking at all those um, gossip magazines that you you buy. I don't. I don't actually. You know what? The one magazine that I subscribe to is going tits up at the end of the year. It's a. Is it an opera magazine? What's the opera magazine? It's called Opera News, and it's 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 folding. In a print or in general? Uh, print and uh, online. It had both. It's being absorbed into a British magazine. Yeah. Um, but it won't have the same hmm. impact. I don't think. Um, is it a British magazine? A, now it will be after. December 2023. But the one you watched, it... No, it's America. So I looked it up. Here it says, Opera is a monthly British that's the, magazine. That's the one that's absorbing Opera News. Oh, I see. Oh, Opera News. Okay. Yeah. Opera News was originally tied hugely closely to the Metropolitan Opera, but it isn't as much anymore. Um, but um, yeah, that's a real shame. But I think the magazine industry, let's face it, it's dead. It's There's still something about the Getting idea... A glossy, yeah. Yes. Nice. In the mail... That shows up. I mean, I used to getting your uh, head face off screens too. There's something really yeah. nice about. Well, that. Well, there might be a huge in in our in our lifetime. There might be a huge backlash, and things might go back. Who knows? But I used to love getting the magazines I subscribed to. You you come home from work and it'd be in your mailbox, and it'd be like Canadian House and Home. That was one that I did. It's still around. Um, but I think of a number of the ones that I used to subscribe to that I just kind of stopped. I don't know. It was expensive. I thought I subscribed to too many magazines. And then you just, and then you just, uh, you don't renew. And yeah. Were your parents a National Geographic? Uh, yes, they were. That's actually funny that you should ask that. That was the one magazine they subscribed to that I can recall and uh, only one newspaper. Which was? Toronto Star. Back then, basically, you subscribed to either the Star or what was the other one called? There was the Telegram or something? Telegram. What about Globe and Mail? Is that recent? I don't remember when Globe and Mail came in or if it actually was always there. I don't, I'd have to look it up. Since 1936, yeah. Yeah, no, never, never. Toronto Star, CFRB, that was what my parents listened to and and read. And then CBC and then, um, yeah, all of that stuff. Was there... was there something, as we talk about parents for a sec here, is there a fond memory that you have of your house when you were nine years old? Maybe it was the National Geographic collection on the shelf. Maybe it was something. Is there anything that comes to mind that you sort of get a little bit of a nostalgic tingle when you think about your home? I think for me, it would be more of the cottage than the house. I didn't really, wasn't very fond of where I grew up the house. That was like about um, a store, right? Well, above and back. There was an addition on the back that was built after I was born. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I just, I just, I don't know. It was, you know, in retrospect, it was, there's nothing wrong with the house. It, you know, had a very expansive 
basement where I could play and do all sorts of stuff. And But no, I, I would say I would have more fond memories of the family cottage. Hmm. Yeah, I'm just thinking myself. You know, it's, what's funny is that both um, my f- childhood homes became uh, came up for sale within the last Again. couple of years. Uh, like my house in Whitby, where I grew up, came up for sale. I don't know. It was still COVID times, uh, maybe three years ago. And my sister and I and our, our friend, who's a real estate agent, she's the one who, I guess, gave us the heads up. Hey, your old family home's for sale. We went down there and uh, it was actually quite interesting touring a place I hadn't been in in like 30 years. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I was in one of More them. More than the that, one 40 that was, years, actually. Yeah. Because I, I left there the one when, in when Pic- I was 10. Pickering. So it was like almost 40 years later. And it was Whitby. Um, and they'd done a lot to the place. They, they uh-huh. made an open concept kitchen and, and living room area, so that was quite a bit different. But it was weird because I one of the things I remember doing was just stare, staring out the window of the front window and thinking about that was the view I would have had for, you know, as long as I was able to be conscious of things I was seeing, you know, like babies don't really know what they're looking at. Um, and I just looked across the street at the house there and I thought, yeah, there's a view that my eyes as a eight-year-old, nine-year-old would have been looking out at, even though, and it hasn't changed that much. It's a residential area. So it's not like they tore a building down and put a bunch of stuff up. So that, yeah, that was kind of interesting for me. And obviously seeing my, my bedroom and, and that sort of thing. Everything was different. Nothing. We didn't see too much that was there from the original house. Hmm. But the, the house I grew up in, when, when I, um, well, I've seen it definitely on Google Maps, and then I've cycled by it a couple of times. It, the, it, the neighborhood hasn't changed almost at all. And, uh, you know, the only thing that I can say is, is the actual house, it looks just like, you know, something out of like a bombed out, you know, that's because my stupid brother hasn't put one cent into it since my parents died. Mm-hmm. And it just, I mean, it's just, it's incredible. Like it just, it's just, oh my God, it's just so ugly and it's just so badly maintained. And I just think my dad, who was the most meticulous person I have ever met, because he was a tool and die maker, yeah. he was very neat. And, the, you know, the house always outside was always beautifully painted and, you know, you had to like go out and sweep the, the sidewalk and stuff like that. And I mean, he'd die if he saw it now. Again, talking about parents, do you ever find yourself feeling like one of your parents in terms of how you're reacting to something or yes. behaving? And I try very hard not to. <laughs> Um, I can resemble my mother a little bit too much. She was overactive, overreactive. Um, and um, I, I can pick it up when I see it. I, I can say, oh, okay, you're pulling a Lillian, you know, so just wrap it up. I, unfortunately, well, Good for I you for not. recognizing it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, I do not have too many traits of my father. I wish I did. He was, uh, he was first off, he was really very talented in the sense that he had a very, very difficult job and he did it really, really well. He could fix anything. He could build anything. Mm. Um, you know, he, um, wasn't necessarily a talkative man. Uh, he could have a sense of humor, not really. Um, but what I admired about him the most was the fact that if it, if it needed fixing, he could do it. Yeah. And how much I regret that, he was just a little bit too old to ever 
get interested in computers. Well, because there's a big uh, gap between you. You're, you were how yeah, old when well, yeah. he was? Uh, when he, when oh, you were- well, my mother had me late, okay? So my mother had me at 45, okay, and in the 60s. So that was kind of a big deal. But, you know, and computers started to become out there late 80s, 90s, you know, when everybody really had one. And, um, you know, I, by the time that I had my own home computer and things like that, I wasn't living at home anymore. So it wasn't like I could say, Dad, try this or look at this. Because I know that if I had gotten him interested into it, he would have um, really embraced hmm. it. But, uh, yeah, so um, neither of my parents were technologically advanced in that way. So what is the, the Lillian thing that you do that you catch yourself? Overreacting is probably the biggest one. Um, slightly less so than I used to be a little bit of a hypochondriac. Um, then there's a lot of dissimilar traits as well too. Like, I mean, my mother was obsessed with saving money and that was basically because my father, not so much. My father, apparently before he married, my mother was a huge spender, big. Well, what he was in debt when I, I could, well, that's a whole podcast episode. Okay. Bought, bought a lot of stuff that he shouldn't have. Um, uh, but um, basically before my I guess everyone's dead now, so it doesn't matter. My father had a child out of wedlock, which I just found out about 10 years ago. Oh, wow. And, um, and hey, uh, the, okay. the, the, so. the child was born in 1948. My parents were married in 1951. But my parents were dating for seven years prior to being married. So my father had this affair during the time that him and my mother were, were dating. And um, after my most of the family had died, my aunt, who is still alive, uh, she told me once about this child and the fact that my father had arranged for him and the mother to relocate back to the East Coast from where she was uh, and bought her a house. Mm-hmm. And so when my parents got married, my father was $3,000 in debt. And that, that was 1951, and that's an astronomical amount of money. Yeah, And um, my mother used to always say that they had it paid off in one year because of her. And I believe that because she was so cheap. Now, did she know about the child at a wedding? No, okay. no. And even though it's my brother, and I hope he hears so, this because he'd be hearing it for the first time. Wow. Okay. And I'm so pleased that I know something about my dad that he doesn't know. So, a lot of people worry about this podcast revealing something people shouldn't know oh, about. Oh, I think that's a great, I think that's a great story. When I heard it, I was just shocked. And, and then I was thinking, is there a way to find this guy? Oh, but wait. I never not really your brother, though. Oops, find sorry. who? Find the the half brother. Yeah, but you would want your regular brother to find out. Well, in a in a nasty way, yes. Okay, yes, because I know you have some history which we won't get into with no. your brother. Your brother. Um, okay, okay. So, by the way, I looked it up. Three thousand dollars in nineteen fifty one is the equivalent of thirty five thousand dollars today. Yeah, and that's about what you could buy a house for. Although, for example, the house that I own now that my parents bequeathed to me, they bought it in 1969 for $9,000. Yeah, 35000 for a house it wouldn't be that much back then. But at well, the same time, here's there's a good example of how you see the do- your dollar does not um, go the same, right? Like $3,000, 35000 would not buy you a house. So actually, I know my neighborhood houses went for about $17,000 mm-hmm. in the early 60s. So if I just change yeah. that, I love the fact you can do this. This is, uh, oops, I messed that up. Twenty in start year nineteen sixty one, a seventeen thousand dollar house would be worth one hundred seventy five. That would be what it would co- what would it would be in today's dollars, but that does not at all. You can't buy a house for one hundred 
$174,000 in this area. Room closet for $175,000. No, but yeah. So, but, um, so my mother, I, I didn't inherit my mother's um, fr- uh, frugal nature with money. Um, I'm just trying to think of something that I inherited it from her that I like. Uh, well, she liked to dance. Do you? Not in public. Just you and your cat. Well, I don't dance with my cat. But uh, yeah, no. She was a very, you know, it's so interesting about parents. And I've had a really interesting conversation with your mother about, um, I've had many interesting conversations, but just about that generate, your mother was much younger, obviously, than my mother. But, um, you know, that generation of women, um, you know, and, and certainly my mother was the beginning of the feminist movement, sort of, not quite, but, you know, she had a fabulous job, which she had to step down from. When she got married, that's just exactly what you did. Mm-hmm. Unless you were, a, you know, like a, what they would call a spinster, you know, that you would work after you'd have to work because you had to support yourself. I just think that there were a lot of women, and my mother certainly was one of them, that was extremely bitter about the fact that they didn't have a career, they didn't have a professional life. Um, and I, I, I do know that my mother looked on the the feminist movement of the 60s and 70s, and she was really, really envious of it. Mm. Um, but also very, very critical. My mom's pretty critical of it. Yeah. Just this, I've talked to your mom about that. You know, just feeling like things were a little more solid or balanced. Is, that almost sounds like a oxymoron. But Well, yeah, I guess your dad and your mom were traditional in the sense that your dad went to work, yeah. you know, and she stayed. She was a homemaker. He got on the GO train, came to the city, worked in an insurance company, got back onto to go trained with a sack of McDonald's. Yeah, we talked about that earlier. We talked about that too. Um, with Great the, memory. So, so, and we won't get into it now. We'll share it another time. But, um, well, we kind of went all over the place here. I guess I didn't answer what I, what I inherited from my parents. For me, definitely moodiness from my mom. I've never seen it in you. I've I seen you have. You ask me. I remember the thing you do to me. I'll say the irritation. What's your level? irritation yeah. level? And I'll tell but you. That moodiness is not. What What is that child doing? Beat him. What is it, Eric? Because he had to grab something. Um, and cut his hair. Yeah. What is he? A hippie. <laughs> um, you and I have this little thing where you'll say to me, like, if I pick you up at the train and you're coming over, you'll say irritation level scale of one to ten. Yeah. But that moodiness is not irritation. Moodiness is basically for no reason becoming, you know, like Jay Gatsby, you know, out of like, and just staring into space and, you know, and with a depressive outlook. No, your issue is that you have this level of, um, you're, you're, you're cranky or you're, yeah. And, okay. and it's that, yeah, fair. And that's where we've, we've, we've put it on a scale. It's true. Yes. And we almost always, when we meet immediately, I'll ask you what number. And then I can tell. Yeah. So sometimes it's a six, be like. sometimes it's a, a nine. A nine. And, and sometimes I'll tell you, oh, it's a three. And you'll be like, oh, really? Okay. So clearly I'm giving off or emoting something that shows it might be something else and it isn't. It was a 10 last Christmas. Where? I won't give the details, but I'll say it was the funniest way of expressing it. We were meeting up. Not going to say why. And I thought, oh, I'm just going to give Clark a call just to make sure we're all in the up and up. We're meeting and blah, blah, blah. And I um, phoned you, and you picked up. 
And I went, okay, you know, blah, blah, we'll see. And he goes, Ed, I'm sitting here in my vehicle and I have half a mind to just close the door, press the gas pedal and drive downtown and meet you. And that'll be that. Hmm. And I was like, oh, do you remember that? I thought you were going to say I was going to like, I was picking you up and you didn't show up or something. Oh, no, 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 no. You were sitting in your driveway and there was, there was a situation. I don't remember that. Oh, I do. Around Christmas? (laughs) Yes. All right. Well, I guess we'll take that out of the... Ask your, ch- ask your children. Huh. Maybe we'll just have... Oh, that was the Nutcracker. Oh, yeah. I didn't want to say Yeah, it, you know? we were trying to get everybody out of the house to go downtown to see the Nutcracker. And it was... You know, it's so funny because I don't really remember that. And and some people say well, you don't remember the bad stuff, like that type of stuff. It's kind of true. Like, I remember the Nutcracker being an amazing awesome family event that we did but i don't i don't remember that part you're right because i remember we were possibly going to be late i didn't know where we were where we were going to park uh i told we had you to, to take the meet train you or pick you up or figure out how to meet no 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 i met no you didn't have to pick me up i live next door to the freaking opera house but um i love the train no, i always preferred taking always the train. take the train but the thing that i liked the most was as soon as we actually met up i've never seen you do this before um, like, you know, you walk through the gates and you showed your tickets. Yep. You looked at me and said, get me a drink. Huh. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Cause we both don't drink anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, uh, I do want to have an episode about that someday. That's an, it's an interesting topic. Well, I mean, you can, it's kind of a boring topic for people who don't do it, but the bottom line is it's challenging, obviously, but sometimes, but health- sometimes people are thinking about doing it. A lot of people, it's world alcohol consumption in general is dropping. Um, is it really? And, uh, it is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But is that is. across the world or is that North American or? No, no, it's world. And there's all sorts of studies that people are just not drinking as much as they used to. You just have to look at something like Mad Men, for example, oh, which is a series that I just adore. Like, If you want to become a drinker and a smoker, watch Mad Men. Oh my God. It's, it's actually surprisingly enough. I watched it when I wasn't drinking and I didn't have the sense like, Oh my God, I need a shot of booze to watch the show. But, um, but it is interesting that, um, you know, how much people drank in the business environment Mm -hmm. and you maybe perhaps your dad could speak to this because he was in insurance. Cause it's a similar industry insurance and advertising in that way. uh, You've got clients and you've, yeah, it's obviously it's not as glamorous, but but the fact that you always had booze in your office. Yeah. Like a bar that was just kind of coming to an end. Like, I mean, you know, people may not know this about me, but I, you know, I worked for the Toronto public library my whole career. Um, and not that we, drank but we did drink i mean uh certain jobs that i had fridays was always buy a couple of bottles of wine and you know sit and if you weren't working basically facing the public you're in the back room and having a glass of wine the thought of that now is ludicrous would never happen in that industry industry that you were in maybe a little bit more liquid lunches we used to call them oh yeah they i still sometimes you didn't go back to the office because you were but it was acceptable yeah it was, and then it started, like when I joined the industry uh, t- over 25 years ago, it was still pretty prevalent, but over that period of time, it, it started decreasing. Like you started getting less uh, lunchtime drinking and, or especially like multiple bottles of wine being ordered. But it, uh, I think, in, and too, when I first started in the industry, drinking was a bit of a badge of honor, See, being oh, yeah. seen as someone who could drink a lot and not show the effects of alcohol. Um, thankfully, and, and, you know, sort of leading back to me bringing this up was 
I really started to look at the health aspects of drinking, not just not just being addicted to something, but you know the the chemical that alcohol is, and and what that does to your body or can do to your body. I mean, some of the people I've worked with, or maybe a, a little bit more toward my dad's generation, these guys, some, some many of them have died. They've they've passed mm-hmm. away in their so, sort of six, late sixties, early seventies, um, or have since retired, and God only knows what they're doing now. But it's it then thankfully that is not the way it is today, not at all. No, I just think that, that there's uh, generally um, a, a more movement towards being healthy. It's like cigarettes. Cigarettes started first, in the sense people started giving up smoking. I think um, alcohol is, you know, gaining momentum. That's my sort of impression. Mm-hmm. Now, interesting thing about we talking about drinking on the job. I was just reading. I, I'm a real fan of the 60s series Bewitched, okay? Yeah. And there's a lot of trivia about that show because um, it had a lot of how many Darrens were there? Or two, and the poor guy that basically was the first Darren, you know, he had to give it up because he has such a severe back injury that they had to literally wheel him around on the set because he could. Like you can apparently now, if you you're savvy, you can see when you watch the episodes that he's always sitting down or he's reclined or, and then he finally couldn't continue because you know he he had a severe back injury um but the one thing i just read and it's one of those internet trivia sites that i'm not sure if it's true but it would make sense is they were all actually fairly heavy drinkers of the main cast yeah and if you um uh notice in the in the show if you're if you know the show they're always oh let's have a martini you know samantha's always serving darren a martini when he comes home and then they're having a drink and then dora had a certain way she liked her martini made and all that stuff the alcohol was real wow really i know when we think of that now we just like impossible but yeah apparently and i I, it just makes total sense i just don't think that people thought twice um certainly my family background my parents both were not big drinkers my father liked his brandy once a day one shot Hmm. maybe a beer at the cottage very rarely but the remainder of the family they were there there was a lot of drinking going on my mother's side all of her brothers and sisters were huge drunks, huge. And uh, I remember there's always alcohol everywhere, always. And, you know, growing up, I mean, I don't didn't think, you know, if I wanted to try alcohol, I just had to ask my parents. And they said, as long as you do it in front of us, you can do it. You know, I've changed my whole tune on that since uh, giving up booze almost almost May 1st, I, I, last time I, no, April 30th. I think that's great. I think you really, really should be. I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I, I think that that's a real accomplishment. Um, I don't think you were, you certainly weren't throwing it back the way I like to do it. But I think that that's a huge, huge accomplishment. You know, you recognize something that you wanted to change and uh, you're sticking with well, it. Well, thank you. And even if you do go back to the occasional glass of wine or whatever, I wouldn't imagine you'll ever go back to swelling it back like you did in your insurance days. Yeah, I don't know. Like I, that's why I'm hesitant to even bring it back on a very limited basis because I really feel like I don't know that I can just go. Not that I, like you said, not that I was going nuts and drinking crazy amounts, but so I would say I was already drinking it in moderation. I would have the odd bingey kind of time if I went on a guy's trip somewhere or holidays sometimes, but. Um, I'm worried. I, I don't think that I can go back to having beer or wine or any alcohol without worry that it's just going to go back to the way it was. And I don't want it to be the way it was, even though it wasn't terrible, yeah. but I still enjoy 
the fact that I haven't had a hangover in five months. I never have to worry about when I'm going somewhere, if I'm able to drive, the money I'm saving, the the health benefits I'm getting, uh, some of which, again, if I was a heavier drinker, I might have been more conscious of changes, like, wow, I have so much more energy, which I I don't feel like I gained a ton of energy from not drinking anymore. I think I get better sleeps probably than I used to, but mm-hmm. I I guess if you were probably the heavier a drinker you were, the more benefits you feel when you stop. Yeah, I think so. I think that, that that's a fair statement. And, you know, like I said, just getting back to, I think, you know, world alcohol consumption is dropping and um, a lot of people are giving it a shot, trying it out and seeing if it works for them. Well, there is the sober and, uh, curious movement. I forget whether we've yeah, talked about it on the show or not. But I've heard of it. That where I first read about it was just that a lot of younger people are not drinking as much, that they're going to concert, like concerts, there's what they sell at concerts now. Booze used to be a big part of it. Apparently, it's not as big a part of concert, like, you know, concession sales as it used to be. Well, yeah. But on the other hand, go on the subway on a Saturday night um, in Toronto and you see these young girls in their high heels and, yeah. you know, going down to, I almost said REM. And I'm thinking, holy, Ed, you're really dating yourself. Swift. Although she's or never been the yeah, wherever the fuck these young people go to now, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you'll see real drinking because one of the things that I've seen are these girls that, and I don't mean to just pick on women, but I just notice it more that they do this thing, what they call power drinking, where they'll drink a half a bottle of vodka with their friends or more. Then they'll go out to the clubs and then they don't buy the alcohol at the clubs because it's expensive. Right. And, uh, but you know, they're, they're plastered by the time they get there. Yeah. We just and call that putting a primer on where you would. A primer. Oh yeah. I, I, I never did it. I don't, I don't work. Well, I don't really think I was a big club boy either, but like, um, you know, but yeah. Anyways. Well, um, let's, let's move into, uh, what we're watching, listening to reading. Um, you've got some, uh, a show or two on the go that you're, you want to talk about. I do. Um, but can I actually just refresh my tea? You may. Yeah. Okay. All right. I just, and plus there's something wrong with my, you'll, you'll cut this all out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cause there's something wrong with my charger on my, Oh, we might lose you. I, well, I haven't been, uh, let's see. Is it working now? Okay. No, I think it's this chart. Oh, there we go. There we go. I think we're good. Why do you have those things on your head? They've been on my head the whole time. Oh, okay. You didn't notice that? Maybe I should take, no, I didn't notice them at all. It's really funny. So what was Annette yelling at Eric about? Well, he had to go to his math tutor. Oh, okay. He wasn't so happy because it's um, Thanksgiving Monday here, which is a holiday. And he says, why am I going to tutoring on a holiday? Well, I have to be honest. If my parents sent me to a math tutor any day of the week... I'd probably jump out the window. So, yeah. you know, but that's the way it goes. But it's the fact that, you know, at least he, at least he's got it. I'm trying to think, did I ever have a tutor for anything? No, I had, a, I had a math tutor a bit. I had terrible trouble with math and I had terrible trouble, unfortunately with French. And I regret the French so much because like I was just in Montreal last week. Right. And uh, it's just, I'm, you know, you're just sort of there. And then, you know, Mark's like, 
switching back and forth every 10 seconds and you know and you're just like feel like the 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 boob on the side you know like that just you know can't participate so to speak you know made me feel kind of like you should have stuck with it do you think part of it's the way we were taught was flawed or we just weren't in the headspace to really oh, i wasn't it. in the headspace i had a good french teacher in grade seven and eight i liked her um and then i was into it and then i didn't have such a great french teacher in grade nine and then i dropped it immediately but it was very fashionable at that time to drop french because of what was going on with quebec oh. you know so like it was just it was just yeah you're about you 10 know. years older no yeah well 1980 the, the the separation crisis was really heating up how old are you now 57. Okay. So you're six. Can you six believe years it? Older than me. Yeah. Yeah. Like 57. 60s coming. Yay. It'll, yeah, it'll, 57. There's three more years, but. Getting old know, is a privilege. Uh, I think I agree with you. Um, so what are you watching? I was going to say. Oh, okay. What I'm watching. Well, I'm watching two things right now, and both of them, one of them has been around for a long time, and it was only po- pointed out to me, and I started watching it, and then I had multiple seasons to catch up because, um, you know, it's still going strong. My understanding it is it's going to be, or it already is, the longest-running sitcom in television history. So wait, before you say uh, it, can I guess it? Well, it's. I was very surprised what it surpassed. Uh, and uh, not counting The Simpsons, I, right? No, The Simpsons is an animated series, so it's a different. And when did this show end? It didn't. It's still going. It's the longest what running sitcom? It's now it's the longest running sitcom in television history, I believe. But don't quote me on it. I believe. How many years is that? Eighteen. Oh. I think eighteen or seventeen. I'm at a loss. If I will, it be like shocking when you tell me what it is. Well, I had heard of it. You know, kind of people have said, "Oh, this show you should." And I'm like, "Yeah, whatever." I don't mean. But then when I started watching it, I just became immediately obsessed. Now apparently, I'm at season ten right now. Okay. And, um, oh, I know what it, it is. It, it, it apparently starts to disintegrate. Um, it's not as good. That's what people who said who are longtime fans of the show. I cheated. I looked but it I, up, but I think I know what it is. What is it? It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Yes, it's just it's an absolute work of art. Like the four principles joined by Danny DeVito. I mean, I always respected Danny DeVito as an actor. Yep. Uh, I just recently saw a clip of him in Cuckoo's Nest. Mm-hmm. I had no idea he had hair at one point. He was, you know, he was quite cherubic. Like he was actually quite cute, little, little, little boy cute, you know. Um, I remember him in um, over Cuckoo's Nest. That's what I meant. That's he's in that. He's, you know, but now, you know, he's, but anyways, he was, he joined the cast uh, very near the beginning, but I don't think to the second season or third season. Anyways, each of the four principles are just, in my opinion, comic geniuses. And that's because they don't do anything other than say the lines. Mm. You know, they don't try to make something funny. They don't try to add anything. And the situations are just normal situations of a bunch of boobs running a bar. And um, it they don't have a huge amount of guest people come in. They do, but not giant amounts. Uh, it's mo- ma- mainly the four of them. Hmm. And okay. I, I, I just I adore it. I just absolutely adore it. And it's got the best theme song of any show I've ever watched. Really? I'm and then the other show, note takers. Or out, out oh out. yeah, play it. It's very well. It's it's it'll stick in your head, and then you can't get it mm. out. Okay, got to be careful. All right. Well, that's good to uh, know. Uh, by the way, have you ever watched Portlandia? No, I think they're sort of similar. 
I'm always looking for TV programs to start. Yeah. Uh, Portlandia okay. is quite quirky. Um, Portland's kind of a quirky place. And uh, that guy, is it Fred Armistead? Do you know Fred Armistead? Oh, yeah. He's in also, he's in, he's in Big Mouth. Like he's, he's a voice in Big Mouth. Right. For Fred Armistead. Sorry, Fred Armistead. Yeah, I think he's actually been in Philadelphia as well as, as a guest. Right. I haven't like people I've only seen people a pop couple me. episodes of It's Sunny in Philadelphia, and I could be totally wrong that it's nothing like Portlandia, but there's a certain it seems to me like there's a stylishness that compare they're comparably the same, but mm-hmm. um and it, now when you say that certain actors cross over it, it kind of makes sense. Um okay, well I've got a quick one. So Well, did you want me to say my second one or do you want to say I'll yours? say one and then you can so Operation Mincemeat. Never just heard of got it. a. It's a. It's a movie. It was to, uh, my brother-in-law mentioned it to me uh, over Thanksgiving. Which which one? John. Yeah, we don't say last names. The, oh, the pilot. The pilot. Yes, he with the blue eyes. <laughs> he doesn't have blue eyes. I know. Well, at your wedding, he did. Right. I'm sure. No, he didn't. And and the and the blonde hair. Yeah, light blonde. It's kind of darkening now, but. Um, he recommended this movie, Operation Mincemeat. It was a World War II thing that the British did where they uh, had a corpse that they planted a whole bunch of like, information on so that it would be discovered by the Germans and that the Germans would, um, you know, like use the information they found on this on this body that washed up on shore it, that it, it was going to indicate where the Americans or where the, the allies were going to attack next, like to, to try to not attack, but to, you know, there was Normandy, there was, this was either Sicily or Greece is where Hitler thought they were going to attack. And, um, the, uh, the whole idea was to trick the Germans so they would redeploy their forces in a different place. And I, I thought it was a pretty good movie. I just, it really took forever to get to the part where the body actually gets discovered. Like it was, it's uh, Colin Firth is the main actor, a very good actor, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good acting. It just, I struggled. I just, I found it was a little slow. So I, I don't necessarily recommend the movie. That's not why I mentioned it. It's just more like that's just happened to be what I watched recently. So um, but it's good. My, uh, my wife liked it, but I just found it a little bit slow. But still, thanks for the reco, John. Yeah, John, pilot. Pilot John, brown eyes. Blue eyes. Um, so what's your other one? We have to, we have to go soon. So, you, so um, what, what's the other movie or show you're watching? Uh, well, it actually started out as a movie. And someone had recommended it to me, and I can't remember who. And, and the movie came out of uh, New Zealand, and it was a, one of the. It was a mockumentary. Okay. And so, um, and it was a mockumentary about vampires. Oh, you love it. So I watched the movie, and um, I, I thought the movie was brilliant. What um, was it? And then, oh, it's uh, it's called What We Do in the Shadows, which is the movie version. Yep. And uh, the one of the principal actors is a producer on the TV series that was subsequently developed. And then all filmed in Toronto, but set on Staten Island. And um, I just stumbled across that too. And it's the kind of thing, it's so exquisitely done. And it, I mean, that uh, I always used to say, if you want a good, if you want good humor and to set up a good joke, you have to count to nine. But if you say 10 or the actor says 10 or the situation says 10, it it, it, it it falls apart. Mm. The audience has to say 10. Okay. That's what I've always thought is a good formula. And uh, I'll be watching this thing and literally something will happen and I will be weeping with laughter. 
Like it's just that kind of thing. And primarily British cast. Is it meant to be and, a humor? It's, it's a mockumentary? Oh yeah. It's a mock. It's a funny. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's funny. And, uh, um, everybody has their favorite, like uh, the fan pages are completely off the rails, like people, you know, getting characters tattooed all over their bodies and right. dressing up. I mean, Halloween, I'm sure is going to be every single cast member from the show is going to be a primary costume for most people. Uh, but yeah, I absolutely love it. Yeah. And it's the, a really funny new, th- No, it's not, it's not new. 2019 no, it's its, it says here. Yeah. It's in its fifth season and they just finished. Yeah. And I believe they're renewed for two more. There's a six seasons already confirmed. And yeah, the fifth season seven. Con- premiered on the 13th of July, 2023. Yeah, it's, so it just it's, came out. Yeah, it's already over. Right. Well, you, you just binge it. You can do it practically in a and weekend. And what, what is it on? But, what for show or what network? Or? Uh, it's on Disney Plus, Disney Plus. Uh, or Hulu, Hulu in the U.S. Okay. Um, but um, uh, just a funny little you know, interesting uh, note is that I was – ranting and raving about this show and one of our mutual friends who works in the film and television business industry and he's a pyrotechnic we can share it's mike mike's been on the show yeah it's mike mike so mike looked at me i'm going oh i love the show and blah 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 and like i would just oh you know and mike goes well ed you should have just told me i worked on that show you could have come to the set Mm. and i thought oh my god i would have like had to be restrained you know like but uh highly recommended not for the kiddies right um, but, uh, just, um, it's, it's just so some, uh, well done material in it. That's a little too mature. Oh, the whole show's mature. Right. Like, yeah, no, like, I mean, I think your kids could probably watch it because they're up the age now. If they want to see anything, they just go on the internet and watch it. Right. Let's face it. Right. Can you imagine that's a show? Can you imagine basically what we would have been no. like as 13 year old boys with access to the internet? Well, on that note, um, Where's your kid? Bring him in here. Let's at, find out. He's, let's look. He's at his math tutoring class. But let's look at his um, browser history and have a look at what he's. That'll be interesting. Don't TikTok videos. Yeah, TikTok. God. I don't get TikTok. It drives me crazy, Ed. It drives me crazy. Why? I just. I feel like their minds are being poisoned by these 15 well, second snippets of videos. Flip to the next thing. Flip to the next thing. Do you ever watch Not any of really. Them? I don't want to. There's nothing but a bunch of chicks jumping around in, in their brassiers. Well, I haven't really seen like, that. I've, I've seen just silly things. like, um, and, and Facebook now has these sorts of shorts that you can kind of get locked into. Yeah, Facebook, yeah. Reels or whatever. I don't know what they're called. but The reels. Um, hey, before we go, um, it's Thanksgiving Monday. It's gla- cloudy. Uh, and and I, I just want to kind of loop back. I appreciate you doing this today because I, like I said, I just had this hankering to do an episode and Paul wasn't around. Um, Salim and Justin are in Japan and sleeping right now. Um, and so, yeah. And it's just, was, I, I really appreciate that you, you, when I asked if you were interested, you said, yes. What time? Love that. Yeah. Love that. Well, I had the day free. I mean, I'm supposed to be watching a video for my course I'm taking, but that just means that I don't have to. Um, but yeah, but, Good. Thanks for doing this. You're welcome. All right. See you later. Okay, is it over?